requires cyber security solutions. This is a fact. The COVID-19 pandemic increased the occurrence of cyber attacks and cyber threats in an intelligent way that even hackers are equipped with disruptive technologies to conduct their illegal activities. Due to this shift to remote working, the need for effective cybersecurity across devices and platforms is now more than ever. Hello listeners, welcome to another podcast by Analytics Insight. To discuss the developments and the future of cybersecurity, I am in conversation with Rohan Vaidya, Managing Director of CyberArk India. Hi Rohan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi Apurva. Okay, so let's start the podcast on a great note with you explaining us what CyberArk is and you know its focus on cybersecurity and all the different services it offers. Sure. So CyberArk is a company which has been in the security space for more than 20 years. Uh, we started as a as a startup in Israel and eventually we were listed on the Nasdaq in 2014. Uh, the focus area for CyberArk in the cybersecurity space was primarily on privilege access management. And uh, privilege access management was a a domain or I would say a part of the cybersecurity space which was more or less coined, innovated and developed by CyberArk in the in the early days. Uh, it, it, if you look at cybersecurity, there are multiple areas of cybersecurity uh, and the different organizations, different companies, different products cater to different parts of the cybersecurity in, that, in the cyberspace. When it comes to cyber arc, uh, we would say that we are the last line of defense. Uh, what I mean by that is that if you look at any of the successful breaches which have happened over uh, any any enterprise or any successful breach which has been reported, and if you go and look at the forensic reports, you would always find about 80 to 90% of the successful breaches, privilege accounts have been compromised. Now, if the privilege account, what I mean by privilege accounts are administrative accounts uh, or there could be super user accounts where the user has an ability to do much more than a standard user. He's able to configure the systems. He's going to make able to change the systems and things like those. Now, those accounts have to be protected. Uh, those credentials have to be protected. The hackers are in their wildest dream would want to always get hold of these credentials and then be able to take over the domain controller, which which kind of is able to then able to kind of take control over your enterprise, entire enterprise IT systems or any of the applications. So that's what CyberArk kind of started their journey uh, as a privilege access management. And we are leaders in this space. Uh, we the, the extension part of it, as, as the evolution happened in technology, uh, privilege access was one part of it. Identity security became a larger play. And we've been now expanding our, our reach and our solutions uh, in terms of identity security and providing that to our customers. Right. So to become a leader of privilege access management, what has your role been in the company and your contributions to get CyberArk to, to that level? So if, if we look at in terms of uh, CyberArk as an organization, uh, we kind of started building our presence in different parts of the world. Uh, of course, US and Europe are two large markets where CyberArk was predominantly present. Uh, five years back, I joined this company um, where there was an expansion in the Asia-Pacific region, which was being looked at for CyberArk. And that is where I was offered this role to manage India and SARC countries. Uh, when, when I looked at CyberArk and the offerings at that point of time, Though cybersecurity was still a growing market and there was a lot of understanding from the industry in terms of the necessity of cybersecurity and the products around it. And there were a lot of conversations with vendors. But privilege access management was something which was very well uh, not really understood by most of the enterprise uh, 
companies. The the primary reason was that India was, or I would say, the Indian subcontinent was still on a maturity model from their IT business perspective or their IT systems perspective. And when you are in that phase, the primary focus is normally on your perimeter security, like your antivirus, anti-malware. You could probably look at EDRs, uh, the endpoint management, or even to that matter, network management, firewalls. These are things which are your prominent areas which needs to be protected. And of course, the nature of the attacks are also very predominantly on those areas. But as the maturity of your organization, your IT organizations for that enterprise keeps going up and data becomes a primary part of your business, that is where a lot of things change in terms of how the attacks happen are more sophisticated. And when the attack starts happening more sophisticated, it means that it is not by luck the hacker figures out something and steals but there is a, a orchestrated attack. They know what they want to get out of that particular attack. And there is a, a clear business model around it. So one of the primary things which had to be done in India at that time was to start educating the customers, uh, have a lot of conversations with the CIOs, CTOs, CISOs in the large organizations and start being able to relate what was happening, uh, similar use cases in similar verticals, how they benefited from CyberArk. That was a primary piece that uh, me and my team played over the first two or three years. Uh, We were able to start looking at differentiation which we could make and we could give, give companies a quick ROI in terms of deployment of the product and they could see a result of what it could be. So that was the primary part of the first two or three years uh, of work that we did. When when the, uh, I would say a little before the pandemic, there was a big push, which most of the organization started was the cloud journey. Uh, Amazon was getting very stronger. Google was getting stronger. Azure had started really being very prominent in India. And the transformation for most of the companies the first step of transformation or digital transformation was looked at as a cloud journey. Uh, There were inhibitors in terms of the regulations uh, in BFSI, which was very conservative in terms of making these companies look at cloud journeys. But there were certain applications which people started looking at as a benefit to be able to do their journey on cloud. So it could be SaaS applications, it could be uh, using certain quick scale up, scale downs using using the cloud. Now that is where we realized that most of the challenges which were there going to be from security space uh, were going to be when you start the cloud journey. Because now you are into a very, very different territory. The general security guidelines which were used on the on-prem suddenly do not exist or, or did not have a value Uh, when it was on the cloud. Also, DevOps became one of the primary areas where most of the companies started adopting DevOps. And that was another part of of a very large uh, surface attack area being increased. And that is where we started working with a lot of customers in terms of not just educating, but creating a lot of use cases, creating a lot of demos, actually walking them through those implementations, having professional services, being a part of this whole piece, getting into consulting and things and trying to get, make sure that not only our existing customers, but also new customers who are on their new journey to the cloud had a different flavor of what cybersecurity needed to be done at that phase. And that is where we started emerging as thought leaders in understanding the next threat area or I would say the threat platform that they were entering into and we had solutions to be able to manage that very well. That was a a kind of a very fruitful journey because that kind of differentiated us in in the uh, Indian subcontinent in terms of what we were able to offer as product and services. 
also it built a lot of confidence and we were able to also show that when they were on their journey there was somebody along with them who could actually protect them and and move forward yes you rightly pointed out a lot of things that to even bring a shift in this country you had to have a lot of conversations with companies to even explain them that the next threat level their businesses need to be prepared for and that explanation i think according to me was a very crucial part of you know just preparing our businesses our country's businesses to you know to be able to withstand what is going to attack them next and to secure their you know intellectual assets in that way so for that what kind of solutions offered by cyber attacks benefited clients like what were some of your key solutions that you could say that you know this will help you to deal with this kind of threat okay so there were two or three things i would you know not go really five years back but i would just go from probably end of 2019 and in the pandemic situation uh, and how that kind of accelerated our conversations with customers and they really saw uh what we were kind of predicting in the previous quarters that they kind of start, started looking at things very face to face one of the primary things which happened when the lockdown happened was people started working from home and when people started working from home uh the privileges which were given to employees in terms of it privileges what i mean those privileges were restricted to a a place or a area of work from where you could log in and do things or the first few months uh they there were work which did not happen and then eventually people realized that it is going to be a longer piece so they started opening up gates and flood gates in terms of the permissions that they had to do things and that is where they started realizing or rather the business leaders started realizing that there was a large exposure to their it assets to their data and their ips whatever was there in terms of was very well exposed as such there were technologies around vpn there were technologies around certain things which were secure uh, access and things like those but they realized that it was very difficult to quickly roll out these pieces and even when they rolled out they were there were inadequately ready to manage these situations because it just happened overnight and the business continuity planning all was done in terms of physical availability of resources in different cities or different places and things like those and since this was a global pandemic it was like okay you had to be sustained as to be to be constrained to your home and work the other part which which also a lot of the enterprise organizations realized that your asset as Uh, which was given to you by your company eventually is going to be used by three or four people at your home because there was a hr side to it that if your kids are going to school and if they are don't if they don't have a laptop or if your wife is working those assets which you had as your it assets which ideally should not have been used for anything beyond work were going to be used and the hr policies and the it policies started getting relaxed so that increased the threat quite a bit now one of the things that we had been talking to most of the business leaders as well as the it leaders was talking about how identity theft is one of the largest threat in the new world and if i am able to steal your identity in some way or the other i can actually do a lot of things which cannot be then figured out for a long time so identity became a large part of the conversation and then most of the conversations initially where people believed that identity was only related to human but then when you had automation come in machine identity was the other part of the larger problem which suddenly started appearing to be a challenge because if you look at a lot of the attacks which have happened on the ot systems ot systems mean the operational technology systems uh be it your colonial pipeline be it your um solar winds issues which have happened they have happened more on the ot side of the business rather than the it side of the business and when it comes to ot you have a lot of 
IoT devices today uh, which work. There are a lot of proprietary systems which run power companies, uh, steel companies, manufacturing companies and things. Now, their privileges had to be protected. Their identities had to be protected. Now, if I am going to a factory and if I'm logging in a password, I had a lot of control. But there were a lot of people who were still doing things out working from their home, which kind of really created a larger part of the problem. Now, these are the areas where CyberArk had a solution in terms of not just managing human identities, but also managing machine identities. So wherever there were automations used, where they were using bots or they were using um, RPAs, those had to be protected. And we could basically quickly roll out solutions or roll out demo solutions in terms of showing them that this is something that we could quickly do it remotely and be able to secure them uh, with, with without them actually doing much changes to their system. The other part which we also in started introducing and we ran a lot of campaigns in terms of early adoption was also bringing in certain products of multi-factor authentication which had biometric authentication, uh, single sign-on as well as integrating them with our privilege management uh, offerings. Now, these kind of built solutions, which were allowing people to work remotely and much more safely and managing all the privileges, or I would say the critical IT assets from your home very securely. And that was a large part of adoption and acceptance which came in from most of our existing customers because it was a quick add-on to the way they were working without actually changing anything in their processes. One of the larger pieces that we saw what most of the organizations were struggling that if they were going to bring in a newer solution, there was going to be a lot of behavioral change that they had to manage with their IT folks and their business folks. And it was becoming very difficult because their training organizations or the or the organizational change management was not equipped to manage everybody working remotely. So that, that kind of helped them that a few extensions back and forth is what our existing customers benefited. Certain customers who were already on a digital journey or were in an advanced part of the digital journey, which they were on the cloud, were also able to quickly adopt to these products. And they saw a real value in terms of the threats that they were looking at. They could quickly roll out these, uh, these products and be able to secure themselves. So from a trust perspective, as well as business continuity perspective, is this is what we could basically offer to most of the large enterprises to be able to go to market in the new normal in a different way. Right. So... Can you tell me, how did CyberArk innovate to withstand the change brought by the pandemic? Like, what was the thought process and what were the initial steps? Because I'm sure action had to be taken quickly to make sure the threats are minimum. And as you said, there were a lot of changes that remote working also brought in. So how did the innovation begin in CyberArk? It could probably be a little coincidental. It could have been more because of the market-driven uh, research that we, we were looking at. We were always into the privilege access management space. And as an organization, we had started realizing that identity security is a larger play from a threat perspective or the larger surface area for cyber threat, which was expanding. During the pandemic, there was a acquisition that we did with a company called Adaptive, which basically had, uh, which was more to do with access management. And this particular organization brought in products which were very in line, or I would say an extension to our, our product line in terms of we could integrate a lot of their products into our product line, which kind of gave a much larger, uh, what I would say a larger protection to our existing and our new customers. So that that kind of the timing was, was perfect. Also the, the innovation part as well as the investment part in terms of the resources, working together with that organization, not only from the R&D perspective, but also from a product management perspective, 
we could have a lot of these products go to market very quickly so multi factor authentication was one of the good part which we were able to add very quickly to our existing product we were able to add the sso uh, to our product line uh, we had a product called elero which we integrated into it which was primarily for remote workers who were using cyberarc as a product and we could then enable this for a remote user uh, who we could provision deprovision new users coming in and things like those so that was one of the larger parts which happened the other part which i think we were focusing on uh from a privilege access perspective was on third party or contract workers who would normally log into your systems uh but they are not your employees and they and that was another part of a larger threat especially when everybody is working from home and you have multiple areas where you are going to use contractors because now you are changing your way of doing business and you need to bring in different different contractors different skill sets to work on projects and give them access to your critical systems within the organization and there wasn't an ability for most of the organizations to be able to do face to face interviews do background verifications which would normally be a process in in any of the uh, large enterprise environment so they had to be provisioned deprovisioned they had to have a scope to work knowing that he is not your employee and there are limitations in terms of what you could actually do as a as a penalty or a contract breach to that employee uh, or that contractor so these were areas which which we were able to quickly address in terms of the capability that we were able to build uh, to these enterprise for something which was unexpected of so that was a large part of i would say an innovation in terms of i would not say just as a product innovation but in terms of change of process or as a business continuity we were able to adapt quickly in terms of re i would say repurposing our certain solutions to be able to adapt to the new normal of course uh, from an adaptability perspective uh, we did run a lot of campaigns uh, promotions in terms of being allowing them to use these products for 6 months to a year if they were buying certain existing products there were bundles which went for them which which were not charged to them for about a year to be able to experiment use and then really make a decision whether they would want to pay for the subscription moving forward so those were areas in terms of uh, we did invest into with our existing customers and new prospects uh, there were a lot of trials free trials which which ran and there were a lot of customers who ran, ran free trials in production to make sure that you know they it it was like they probably did not have a choice but to run those uh, trials in production because they had to go to market to survive so so these were a few things which come to my mind in terms of uh, the shorter period over the last i would say 12 to 18 months that we have been able to contribute in terms of a quick adoption for businesses to be able to do their business continuity with certain products that we bought and we innovated and we integrated with our existing uh, product line right so as you mentioned uh, you mentioned adaptive as one of the partnership that took shape during the pandemic to bring about innovation and you know the work that cyberarc did so like adaptive what were the other partnerships that you know happened during the pandemic or you know what are the pand- uh, what are the partnerships that are in line to happen so one of the things that uh, we have been very very uh, clear uh, as as an organization that cyber cyber security is not a individual game it's not you know it's i can be one of the best products and i could i could look at one area of business extremely well in terms of how i can secure but it cyber security has become more of a team player so working with other cyber security companies to be able to integrate your product not only the cyber security companies but companies which are into cloud companies which are offering uh, different tools 
which the IT organization uses. Uh, it could be ticketing tools, it could be DevOps tools, it could be monitoring tools, uh, IT monitoring tools, not security monitoring tools, but these are organizations which basically keep talking to the IT systems. And these are what the investment the organization makes to make sure that their IT organization works in good health and are secure. So CyberArk had a program which we started working on about three or four years back called the C-Cube Alliance. And the C-Cube Alliance basically started working with more than 200 or 250 odd organizations, which a customer would invest into and use it for different functions of IT. Now, we started working with these organizations to be able to start integrating all these tools with CyberArk. So when a customer bought CyberArk, he, and if he had any of these technologies, they could basically integrate it out of box. So for example, if you have a RPA tool, um, that RPA tool would have, the way it would work is that every time a bot would query into a particular system, it would authenticate its username and password, or I would say the privileged username and password to be able to do any activity on that particular system. Now we would have a out of the box integration with this RPA tool. So instead of those credentials being stored on the bot, those credentials would be stored back into CyberArk. And that kind of made the customer and the tool quite safe to be able to use those systems without a challenge. So those are the areas that we started exploring with our customers and we started educating them that if you've got these 50 odd products that you're using, we would have an out-of-the-box integration available, which means that when you start deploying CyberArk, you just have to be able to connect these products to us and these products would then become very secure uh, and the operations which you are running would become simpler and secure to do that. So these were areas which kind of helped in or these partnerships which we had built over a period of time actually started paying off and started, the customer started seeing a real value in it uh, in, in these times where there were limited times where people were in office or these silos had suddenly started merging because everybody was then working with each other to make sure things, things worked well. And a lot of other organizations that we realized had to invest into uh, professional services to develop these integrations. Uh, we we had a kind of an advantage, not just from a product integration perspective, but also crashing the time to secure that organization when these products which existed with the customer and also we were able to make sure that the customer did not spend more money to do those integrations uh, and time and money was important, especially during the pandemic situation. So to focus on those partnerships and create the various solutions that CyberArk offers and to strengthen the, you know, the cybersecurity industry in general, what role did disruptive technologies play? And was there a specific technology that CyberArk focused on? So, so let me just take one step back in terms of a cyber attack scenario. So the normal way of a cyber attack uh, happens is that you would either get a phishing mail or somebody would have a malware inserted into your endpoint. And that malware eventually will start looking for privileged accounts or administrative uh, or elevate privileges within the organization. They will either do a lateral movement and find a easy way to elevate their privileges and then during the whole course would keep elevating their privileges and reach to a target device that they would want to take over. Now, the normal way these things happened was through phishing mails or certain malwares being inserted through a USB port or, or all those kind of attacks were very prominent. But over a period of time when the cloud became one of the prerequisites for most of the organizations for their growth, and their go-to-market was very predominantly based on the time to market became much shorter and shorter. 
the mobile apps or any any activity that or any feature that they had to add to their product had to be developed through devops that were areas which which suddenly the developers became a large part of um, the contribution to the business growth and the developers are a community where i would say uh, are are kind of protected by the business because they were brought in to make sure that the time to market has been crashed and developers being developers they would start they don't want to really be constrained with all the security frameworks uh, they want to experiment they want to use a lot of open source uh, tools uh, they would kind of experiment with a lot of open source tools in the production environment there they were more focused on the creativity part of it rather than the security part of it and that was an area which which if you look at most of the exploits the large exploits have happened uh, because of certain open source area uh, open source softwares uh, which which did not really have any security considerations there were default passwords used there were public uh, domains where or public places where they had actually deposited the uh, source codes and things like those so those areas were i would say low hanging fruits for most of the hackers to really penetrate rather than going through the traditional way of attacking any enterprise and that was more like a top bottom approach they were able to quickly get hold of source codes uh they were able to make changes in the source source codes and be able to change things so uh solar winds is a very classic example where the where the version uh, or the the fix which was being pushed to their customers was was changed and that kind of made a huge huge difference in terms of how so many of their customers got affected now that was an unconventional way in terms of how the attackers were behaving now if we look at these kind of areas then that was a part which we believed that in that space if you had to look at privilege access or in that world which they call it the secret management that is an area which cyberarc had already uh, made one of the acquisitions about 3 years back called conjure and that area we were quite well developed in where we had a lot of attention coming in from the cios the business community from the developer community as to how we could basically help them to manage the secret management part of it and be able to still let the developers work in the way they would work but manage their privileges much more effectively and the moment we were able to manage their privileges more effectively their way of working did not really hamper which means that the business was happy with them as well as the security or the cio teams were happy with with the way it was being uh, put in together so that gave them an additional layer of security as well as they allowed it to balance their work in terms of the way they worked so that was one of the areas that cyberarc uh, kind of focused on the other area that we focused on was in terms of the privileges in the cloud uh, managing privileges in the cloud of managing permissions in the cloud uh, was a very different kind of a a animal that had to be looked at the teams which we realized that, that there were different teams which always worked on on prem and they had started recruiting cloud specialists uh, for the journey of the cloud and and they had their own ways in terms of how they manage security and the moment we started looking at uh, talking to starting to talk with cloud architects and um, and the cloud administrators uh, we realized that their focus was to make things work quickly which means that they would give privileges or would permissions to lot of users and they would never retrieve those permissions and the basic uh, principle of cybersecurity works always on least privileges so if i have least privileges the ability for me to cause damage intentionally or unintentionally is, is always limited but when my privileges start increasing then and and i don't even know that these privileges when i change my job are not taken back it means that i create a huge potential for an attacker to be quickly able to do something uh 
without even realizing. So that was another area where CyberArk worked with. We uh, we we kind of uh, launched a product called uh, Cloud Entitlement Manager, which basically was a tool which allows you to quickly run this this product within your cloud environment and be able to tell you that these are the people who have these many privileges. And if these people do not require these privileges, you have a remediation to quickly take those privileges away. Now, this was this is one of the uh, primary, uh, what I would say, liking which, which came from a lot of uh, large enterprises which had multi-cloud environment. Most of the businesses, large enterprises have engaged into multi-cloud environment because of the business continuity reason. And when you have multi-cloud environment, you it's you have different cloud teams working together, but not really understanding each other from a terminology perspective. So in a heterogeneous cloud environment, this tool was able to quickly give them a, a dashboard or a report saying this is how your entire multi-cloud environment or a heterogeneous cloud environment looks like from a privileges perspective, and this is a remediation for it. That kind of gave them a fairly good amount of uh, confidence to be able to continue their cloud journey, their cloud shift. Uh, otherwise, the security was becoming a larger challenge for them. You've rightly pointed out so many aspects and the thinking that goes behind developing a solution, keeping various perspectives in mind that I have to ask you, what is your uh, viewpoint on the current scenario of the cybersecurity industry. You told it's, you know, it's multifold. It has various, you know, verticals. But overall, what is your opinion on the cybersecurity industry and the vertical that CyberArk is working in and its future? You know, there are two sides of cybersecurity, right? It's the bad side and the good side. And the good side is vendors like us and organizations uh, which basically have cyber teams which are more on a defense side of it. And the way I would look at it is that however good you are on a defense, uh, every day when you are only on defense, there is always a possibility that there is one moment where the defense is going to be weak or is going to be breached. And on the other side, the, the hacker community is kind of continuously working and attacking and they are on the offense side of it. Now, with a business model being generated, for the hacker community in terms of whether it's a ransomware attack or is it it's a financial gain or there is a catastrophe which i can create there is a clear business model which which has been developed and most of the hacking uh, or the breach attempts which happen or attacks which happen on a large enterprise are are not something where a school kid or a college kid is just trying to you know show his wits in terms of how good he is at technology. There is a proper business model. There is There are different resources which are pulled together and create this attack. And there is a clear target to achieve in terms of a financial gain. Or, or if it is a state-funded attack, uh, there are different political aspects to it in terms of what they want to gain out of that attack. And this is kind of increasing primarily because the way they... The vendors have started using ML and AI to build products. The hacker community is also engaging into those parts which are there. So they are also using ML and AI. And there are a lot of tools available, uh, not just on the darknet, but just on any uh, any e-commerce site which you can buy a lot of codes. Uh, there are a lot of free uh, wares available in terms of what you could quickly do things. And also in terms of the cyber awareness uh, from a user perspective, from an enterprise perspective, is still very limited because every day there is a new technology which comes up. There is so much of disruption. Every vendor which creates a technology uh, has their own acronyms and different utilities, which are very difficult for any common man or even for that matter, an IT expert to quickly be able to achieve in terms of what needs to be done to be protecting those things. And the, and the surface, uh, the attack surface is emerging and expanding more or less, I would say, on a daily basis. Now, in that scenario, the challenge is always that how 
the good side of cyber security is able to still be able to quickly protect and defend uh, there and that that's that's a game which is going to happen every single hour of the day which is happening the collaboration between the hacker community is also increasing day by day because there is there are now partnerships between hacker groups which kind of are like partnerships which you would see normal business uh, in terms of if i plan and strategize and if you execute you could have like a 60 40 30 70 these kind of uh, financial gains which they are willing to distribute with cryptocurrency being available uh, the distribution of those gains are also quite easy to be done now with that the sophistication of cyber attacks is always going to keep increasing and and there are enough players in the market which are taking it as a profession to be an hacker uh to be able to make quick money out of it now on the other side if i look at it most of the organizations are also investing in the disruptive technologies in in different uh ips in terms of how they could be able to quickly advance so this game is kind of just going to get larger and larger and cyber security would become a very important part of any business risk which has to be considered very critically uh, there are lot of organizations that we have been speaking to where they are not now just thinking of the ciso being uh, reporting to the board but trying to bring in a board member who really understands it security in depth and who's an hands on guy not just somebody who's a strategist or is a general or a generalist into it or it security and those areas are are very much needed from a business perspective because the risk of an cyber attack uh, can actually disrupt the business or actually could make the company bankrupt uh, not only from a legal perspective but it could be like a steel company who who gets attacked and if they if the plant is shut down uh, you know it could be a year or a year and a half that they would take to recover not just from a financial loss perspective but also from rebuilding their systems and the losses from a supply chain management and the whole nine years around it so the view which i have is that cyber security is going to be an an integral part of all business decisions uh, security as a cyber security as a domain or as a knowledge needs to be incorporated not just from a business perspective but also from a user perspective and awareness is is extremely important in terms of what you would do and what you would not do in a particular situation uh it, it's it's no longer just the cio's problem it's everybody's problem and not only from an enterprise user perspective but also if it's a b2c business uh and every day all of us are are going to log into internet for somewhere or the other uh, reason so being conservative is no longer going to help uh, not using a credit card or not having a bank account is no longer i mean it's 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 it just not possible any longer so as you mentioned that the attack environment is evolving constantly and you know it's also becoming more intelligent with technology and you know hackers forming a group as you said so from that perspective what were the challenges the company faced until now to deal with the hacker groups to you know outsmart the you know cyber attackers who also are equipped with the technology that is around us now like all the disruptive kinds so one of the we uh, what, what we have is a red team as as a part of the organization and we do offer red team services and the way i would put it is that you know if i have a customer a and he has deployed cyberarc solution now in in this domain as cyber security nobody can ever give you a a full proof solution so what we've been advising customers is to use our red team services and be able to stimulate an attack in the way the customer would want to kind of look at and start looking at the readiness in terms of how well secure they are and going through this process uh, you there is a, a lot of discovery phase in terms of what needs to be done uh, 
from not just securing the systems but also educating their staff running certain programs uh, doing certain activities and making sure that those actionables are being followed up and closed out in time now this is something which kind of helps to train your mind in a real time situation how to react so that is one of the areas which i would say pre pandemic scenario was a complete no no because lot of large enterprise also have something called as blue teams which mean they have their whole internal teams who keep stimulating these things and run programs and things like those but they there were very few organizations which engaged into an external uh, uh red team activity so that is one part of the conversation that we've had with uh, a lot of the senior management which could be the board members or business owners who have started now accepting that so i would say that was one of the larger challenges for them to accept that you had to apart from buying products and deploying products and running their own teams doing all the audits uh, they would still would want to have a, a vendor like us to go and do a red team activity to find the gaps and then constructively accept those challenges and gaps which were there and fix those part of it the other part which we also saw and we we were uh, from a challenge perspective i would say that the conversations that we had with business were always in terms of when the security cyber security failed one of the things that they always wanted was to penalize the uh, the security teams and we had a lot of conversations with many organizations and we did see good results coming in where we were kind of trying to tell them that you know it's easy to to penalize a team but let's try to do a reverse psychology in terms of start incentivizing the teams if there have not been any breaches or we define certain breach levels in terms of if that has not really happened in an organization it makes sense to start incentivize that team because that builds a different motivation and then it also starts putting a different thought in terms of how do i make sure it doesn't happen rather than somebody living in fear that it shouldn't happen so more of a proactive approach that we saw with few of the customers uh, which actually implemented the incentivizing scheme which helped so so that was another part of the challenge in terms of a thought process which had to be brought in uh, with the senior management in terms of saying security cyber security is now not just a part of your business but it's always going to be an important factor as you go along and as as the uh, world becomes more internet connected uh, and all applications whatever you say had to be secure in your on prem are no longer going to be on prem it's all going to be a cloud and a saas and open environment there has to be different parameters so it's like more of i would say a uh, human in the loop for a cyber security system which was very important so from understanding a breach level to brainstorming for proactive ideas and looking at the cyber security industry with a collaborative and a teamwork sort of perspective you've mentioned some critical points that our listeners you know will take back and you know put into the knowledge of the tech world that they have so you know do you have any you know any closing points for the cyber security industry or something that you want budding people entering this field of technology to bear in mind yeah so i think of the comment which i always um, which i get most from my friends and colleagues who are not in this business is that they see cyber security professionals as more of which which you would see in most of the movies and i think that's that's not the reality uh, we do understand systems we do deal with with uh, what i would say codes and numbers and and threats which you would see on uh, blue screens or green screens but one of the part of it is that somebody who is a good cyber security professional is is a is a common man with a common sense and that is what is needed in the cyber world which i would say is having a cyber sense when you receive an email when you receive a certain phone call or if you see something which which doesn't look to be right or looks to be too good to be true let the curiosity not kill the cat uh, don't go and open it don't go and do something 
which you would then repent later. Uh, it's like taking one step back. Uh, don't be on the phone and open mails because if you are going to be doing certain things it is really going to affect you i have seen friends being hacked just because in their internet at home the router password they they were using that password as a default password for which just came as a part of the product so there are certain things which do correctly uh, do something which you would make sure that it's it, it's not an easy walk a cakewalk for a hacker to come and exploit your vulnerabilities so that is one part of the uh, advice i would say in general uh, as a cyber security professional i would want to share with not just the cyber security professionals but in general for the general public the other part of it is that with a lot of new technology coming in there is always going to be a downside and there is always somebody thinking how i'm going to exploit that and that part is never going to go away so if you are if you are going to be using a newer technology it is necessary that you understand the nuances of those new technology you understand the features of it and start looking at what you could actually disable to give least access to people and keep all your it assets your mobile or your internet assets with least privileges and it is i would say need to know basis so if you have a password if you have for whatever reason you have shared it please make sure that you go and change it if you have shared certain or if you given access to to your laptop to your kids or anybody else to use it for some time go check if they have not changed any configurations not changed anything do a little check in terms of running those softwares uh, just run a antivirus and see if there is nothing which has been downloaded which is going to affect you uh, being more vigilant is is now necessary because every single day there is somebody trying to get hold of you uh, because you are exposed and it's it's never that you're going to be able to close every door and window that you are going to be exposed uh, the vigilance is an important part of it common sense is an important part of it i think that if we are able to keep doing it then we may be the lesser of the people who would be where the attacker or the hacker would really go after us having a cyber sense and to be aware of what can go wrong when something looks shady is a great thought to end this podcast and thank you so much rohan for giving those you know final insights on how people can you know secure their devices you know in the day to day business that they do and now that you know we are all working remotely for the coming future also i'm assuming you know we are exposed to so many vulnerabilities that we don't even no like we are not even aware of so thank you again rohan for this insightful podcast and i'm sure our listeners have a lot of takeaways from this session thank you